Hello, I'm Rachel Richards, former BBC correspondent, parenting coach, mother of two teenagers and two older stepdaughters. Hi, I'm Susie Asley, mindfulness instructor and psychotherapist and mother of three teenagers. Two of them are twins. Susie, you've had a blissful holiday away from your teens whilst they were with their dad. How did that feel? Brilliant. Yeah. Wrong answer, maybe. Yeah, long, no, long time coming. You deserve every minute of it. We'll talk later about what you do when your teen doesn't want to go and stay with the other parent. But uh, yes. first, tell us about our latest bit of feedback, Susie. Yeah, we've had a really lovely comment from Andrea, who contacted us saying her daughter is suffering with anxiety. Um, and she's off work for the summer, so has been listening to all of our podcasts and using them to help start a plan, which is brilliant. Um, here's what she said. The anxiety podcast was fab, even the bit at the beginning when you spoke about talking about porn to a child and said, I need a few moments of your time. It will be over quickly and you may squirm. Yeah, that was me on the way to school. <laughs> My poor son. I said, bye, have a nice day. Um, it's a really helpful way of putting it. And I've invited my friends to follow you, which wow, is amazing. Thank, thank you so you, much, Andrea. Andrea. Yes, that's brilliant. I mean, we don't advertise at all. So word of mouth and reviews of specific episodes are incredibly important for getting the word out. We've updated the website to make it much more user-friendly. So... You know, you can post reviews there, search for specific topics. It's not a brilliant search facility, but it's there. Contact us easily and we even have a blog. Now, if you sign up to receive emails, we'll keep you updated, but I promise you no spam. Yep. Now, helping teenagers make good decisions about drinking and drugs can be a huge challenge for parents, especially if you're uncomfortable about setting limits that you distinctly remember violating in your teenage yeah, years. it's right? a tricky one. That. It's a really tricky Mind one. Field. Parents often struggle with limit setting, looking for reassurance or permission from someone else that it's something they should do. And I've experienced this myself because I've hosted a few parties and it's quite frustrating because I'll mention alcohol and put my position out and I get nothing back mm. you know the occasional time I'll get a parent saying oh I you know I agree with this or pushing back hard which is mm. actually very welcome so I think one of the problems we've got is this fear of being um, seen to be the boring person yeah and Dante mentioned it funnily enough in the Divine Comedy all the way back then when he talks about the very first place you go when you're going into hell and there's an antechamber and in that antechamber is a group of people and these people are there because they basically sat on the fence their entire lives they weren't prepared to stand up for anything or speak out and 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 he saw that as as something terrible and their punishment was basically that they were never named and they became nameless people and faceless people wow yeah it's, it's not very nice but but yeah. the, the point being that you know it's when you're not taking a position you're still taking a position absolutely to you not are. take a position yes and, and i think as parents we come we sometimes we sort of regress back to you know being in the schoolyard ourselves of mm. peer pressure yes um which is not helpful for our kids and i do feel the pressure i feel kind of oh well maybe I should have a little bit of this but then when do I stop yeah. and and it's you don't want your child to be to be known as the boring kid no but silence is is difficult I've experienced yes. that as well um people not coming with their with their opinions out of fear or for whatever reason is, is difficult to negotiate yes yes so so we understand and we've all experienced this so let's start by considering what we're actually talking about when we say drugs now I hear the word and I think about things people smoke vape or you know that you get on a street corner from a dealer I remember going to Brixton and some guy stepping out from the dark and going do you want some Charlie <laughs> I was a bit scared and ran but you know and you know thing is is that right what about caffeine is that a drug? Yeah, and there's medicinal drugs. I mean, yes. drugs is, is a massive, uh, massive catchment of stuff, yes. isn't it? And, and there's and there's a huge addiction problem with medicinal drugs as yeah, well, painkillers yeah. in yeah. in America, which we've heard a lot about more recently. Um, you know, performance enhancing drugs, and this is confusing for adults. So you can imagine that for a teenager understanding what really is going on with these drugs, which are the good ones, which are the bad yeah. ones, unless, you know, you say it's illegal or it's not legal, yeah. then that will give them some guidance, but yeah. that's it. And then very little is actually spoken about, well, what are the long-term effects and what are the issues Yeah, people with talk it? about everything as drugs, like exercise is called a drug sometimes, yeah, so or true, watching yes. TV or work and you then know, anything and then, that you can become addicted to I guess anything you but also the you know when we look at 
what's happening in schools at the moment. And I know it's prevalent here, the US, South Africa, I, you know, I'm sure it's all over the place. There's been a big upswing in people being diagnosed with conditions. Mm-hmm. And one of the answers is drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you have ADHD, there are drugs you can take that help you concentrate. I don't want to undermine anybody's choices of giving their child a drug because I know it can be absolutely life-changing yes, absolutely. for these people. But the point is, how do you then help your child distinguish between something that's genuinely been prescribed for mm-hmm. a specific condition and something that they're using to help something they're feeling yeah I guess it's legal and illegal drugs Mm -hmm. isn't it and recreational and medicinal and those kind of definitions and I think that there are drugs everywhere so you know I'm not working now but I used to present for a tv station and I had to start work at three o'clock every morning and you know one night um, I got so sick of never seeing my boyfriend who's now my husband and you know week after week went by when I'd go to bed at six o'clock in the evening it was really boring so I went over to his house cooked a meal and we had a bottle of champagne and I'm not a drinker really I mean I drink a bit but I wasn't really a big drinker so I basically went to bed drunk and woke up drunk I think I felt drunk anyway and I thought I'm in so much trouble I have an entire shift where I'm on live on air doing news and I'm writing the news I'm reacting to things this is really I'm so much trouble so (laughs) I just did everything I could to kind of project myself and look excited and happy and awake because I was very tired and at the end of my shift the managing editor uh, had called me into his office so I did the walk of shame across the the news floor which was open plan to his glass office and thought I this is the end of my career and I sat down and he's I said uh, you asked for me and he said yeah um what happened out there and I thought okay I'm not going to answer that question until I really understand what he means and then he jumped in and said because that was amazing you were electric jumping out that's exactly that's what I want that you were so alive and I really connected with you and when he'd wow. finished this I just got up and left and looked around and thought I can't get drunk every night mm. and then looked across and thought okay, now, now I understand why people are taking cocaine. Yes. Um, Because I've heard a lot about it. And a lot of people had offered me, I've never taken it in my life. And um, there are a lot of people in finance and media. Um, Lily Allen sings about it in everything. Mm. Everyone's at it. It's, it's very, very, it's out there. Yeah. And many of these drugs are available. So what do we do? performance, I mean, I've worked as a musician for years, Mm. you know, anything that's to do with performance, people want to calm themselves down, change their state, be better on stage in whatever capacity that is. Get rid of the nerves. Yeah. So alcohol and and drugs, you know, calming drugs is is really um, sadly quite normal. Yes. And it's a bit weird that society has said alcohol is fine, Mm-hmm. When we know that a percentage of the population will abuse it, turn aggressive, become yes. alcoholics, it's also a problem. But because it's legal, we know what the percentage of alcohol is in the drinks. And we know yeah. we, we have this. enough information about what the impact yeah. is, the long-term impact is. Yeah. However... Yeah, I think Pavarotti used to drink a large glass of port every time he went on stage <laughs> or before he went on stage. And I'm just imagining if that had been snorting cocaine. Oh, that wouldn't have been a cute little story, would it? No, exactly. Um, it's very different. But it's kind of why. And the reason I'm asking why is because that's what teenagers will be thinking. Yes. They'll be like, well, I don't get it. You know, it's yeah. everywhere. And yeah. Anyway, so as parents, we need to decide, firstly, what do I think about drug use? Mm-hmm. Alcohol, vapes, smoking, all these other illicit drugs, you know, and vapes is that the the nicotine in them is actually really strong. Yeah. And why have I taken that approach? Yeah. And you need an approach. Yeah. You need to, you need, we need to know where we stand, which is really difficult when we don't always have the information because our teens are really listening, even though they roll their Mm. eyes and sigh and don't look like they're listening. I mean, I have countless examples of my own kids. Um, you know, you say something or you share an opinion and, you know, maybe two years later, I've heard my eldest, you know, telling somebody else my opinion. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> he actually listened. He was listening and he's remembered it. You know, they are listening wow. and they want they want some guidelines to lean up against or, or ignore or to have something clear. That's a very good point because all the research I did said that um, there was one particular woman who went into five different schools and asked teenagers in every one mm. of those schools yeah. about how they 
what what do you want your parents to do? Do you want them to have a stance on this? Every single child said, yes, I want my parents Mm. to have a stance. I want them to tell me what it is. Really interesting. That makes sense. Yes. And whether they were drug users or not, they wanted to know. Yes, because I think when our kids or anybody are in that situation where you're standing over for a a decision, you know, do you want some or not? Because they will be offered. However much we hope they won't, they will, of course they maybe at the back of their minds have our voice going, don't do it mm. in that moment because yes. they do hear. They need they need something to fall back on. And they might so not make I? that choice, yes. but to, ha- to not have it at all, I think, is, is not helpful. I think that's absolutely spot on. And so the things to consider... First of all, why is why are we using this drug in the first place? I mean, take you know this I, this topic is sprawling because there are so many drugs, and I'm not going to you know we can zone in on little mm. little areas pockets, but the mm. truth is, for all of them, there's a reason. Yes. So it could be just recreational. Mm. Oh, it looks fun. Yeah. It could be anxiety. It, yeah. It's easier to tell someone, "Hey, I'm tripping out," rather yeah. than "I've got problems." Yes, absolutely. And I need support and help. Yeah, I mean, I think like we've talked about with alcohol and some of the other topics we've talked about, you know, kids are curious, teenagers are curious, and drugs are massively glamorized. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a cool thing. It's it's fun. Um and they want, you know, they're curious. And then I think there's what that's that side of it and of course there are some drugs that are hugely addictive from the first time you take them but then there's the other side of it which is people escaping from things that are difficult and that's when you sort of dive into the addictive side you know the whole world of addiction which is a really huge dark place and it's it's it doesn't just happen overnight it's hard to spot you need to be on top of it and it can be that you know the if they abuse a substance whether it's marijuana, they try it and think, oh, actually, I found it easier to go into school today, yeah. even though I was anxious. Yeah. And then they'll want, they'll get to the point where they they have to take use it before yes. they can do anything. There's, That's how this can, can yes, escalate. escalate. There's an amazing man who I've been reading and, and following for a while, and he's, he's kind of changing the paradigm on addiction. He's called Gabor Mate. Amazing. I think, I think he's Bulgarian. Um, and he he's done loads of research with homeless people and all sorts of things, and he's written numerous books. And his stance, as I understand it, and in a nutshell, <laughs> is that there are lots of things in our society that um, there's lots of trauma for many people, and trauma is is a word that's bandied around a lot now. It's quite trendy, and I think a lot of people think of trauma as you know being in 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 a war zone or you know having. Be- you know, sexual abuse for years and years. And that is trauma. That's massive trauma. But there's also smaller trauma, um, you know, people's parents splitting up when you're young. That can be really traumatic. Um, and these things sit in our bodies and we and they feel uncomfortable. And so to not feel that discomfort, we turn to substances because that uh, feels nice. So if a teenager, for example, is trying out of curiosity because it's fun, their mates are doing it, and then they go, oh, well, that felt really nice. I don't didn't feel that horrible pain and discomfort that I often feel. Can I do that again? I want to do that again. I want to do it again. And that can be a, a way of it escalating. Um, so we need to keep our eyes open and, and teach them how to sit with discomfort. Yes, yes, absolutely. So there are techniques that can be, yeah. we can come on to. And the strength and the provenance of drugs is actually a very important yes. point. And this will come into all of this discussion, which is, it's much better to inform your teenager about drugs than to ignore the discussion. Mm. I think people are quite... And if you don't know about the various drugs, even if you think you know about the various drugs, it's really important you do become educated. Mm. There's a website called Frank, which I will put on our podcast notes, which is created by the NHS, which gives... The drugs, and it doesn't just say don't take drugs. It actually explains what the drugs are, mm. what the effects could be, what the side effects can be, so that you can inform yourself because things have changed. So even if you were a drug user when you were younger and it all seemed fine, don't assume that things are still the same because drugs have changed dramatically. So this coming back to this strength and provenance, the huge problem is that drugs can come with the risk of overdose, which we were talking a little bit earlier before we came on air and mm. Susie said with alcohol there's very low chance that you're going to drink some other you know something unless you take you know 20 shots of vodka in yeah. which case you could you know we have seen situations yeah. with hazing where kids have died yeah. it's an unusual thing. but it's not yeah whereas with drugs it really can be a problem and one of the reasons for that 
is because we have a variability in body chemistry. There's an S-curve of response. So I did study pharmaceuticals briefly at university. And the whole thing about our bodies is some people are highly responsive. Some people have almost no response. So there's your own body chemistry that's critically important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, drug prescriptions are an art, they're not a science. So so because it, you're dealing with somebody, so you'll look at somebody's weight and yes. their body chemistry. But again, you're still quite trying to, you know, it needs tweaking. Yes. Uh, and then so there's that and then you're buying the drugs from someone now yes. if they're illegal drugs or even if they are legal i mean people are buying vapes from stores where you know when they've been raided they found that they don't comply with 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 you know government requirements mm. and the reason that's a big issue is so when my daughter was given a talk about this where they were shown a video of these kids you know making some drugs and they had powder all over this table and they were cutting it all together and she said, you know, it was disgusting. The, the, the conditions weren't sanitary. I mean, you think about a pill factory, <laughs> you know, when you're actually producing pharmaceuticals and then you look at what's being done in some of these, you know, rooms where people are cutting drugs mm. together. And then they just shove them all into a pill press and then out pops a pill that looks like it's a proper pharmaceutical. It's terrifying because you've no idea what's in it. You don't know what's in it and you don't know when you get you get say a bag of pills i'm just imagining this i've never had one but let's say there are four pills in it four kids you know the each of those kids might get completely Mm. different doses which is why we've had these stories where you know this one person out of a group dies yes because they the person who had all the drug and then the other ones had almost nothing in it yeah it's awful it's awful i'm somebody i remember just remembering now was talking years ago about trying to help kids because I think that happens a lot at festivals you know there are people at festivals and they're just handing these things out and um to encourage children if they if they are really insisting that they want to try it which is obviously not ideal at all <laughs> um but to cut it up and just take a small part of it because it's less likely to oh, that's a really interesting to, I've never thought um, about that less likely to be fatal yes, <laughs> I think is the yes. idea uh, if you do get a dodgy one then you know you'll probably be very ill but um interesting advice i mean my my eldest has just been to a music festival this summer and um, i took the opportunity knowing we were talking today to talk to him and his girlfriend last night and i have permission to share (laughs) um and they are thankfully and i praise them well massively for it they they're not into drugs at all they're not interested um and they are everywhere as we know Mm. um they were offered they could have got you know loads and they chose not to and and so my question to them was you know why do you choose not to really (laughs) what is it that's making you not i think that's the interesting side and and my son is quite black and white and how he thinks and he's just like well that's stupid you know the consequences are possible consequences are, are awful so why would you um his girlfriend is is really hard working and wants to do lots of things in her life and she's just not prepared to take the consequences of that not you know of something bad happening um and then we talked about how their friendship group you know the classic their friendship group's not into it um and they both agreed that if they were um then it would be really easy to go down that road um it's almost like lucky <laughs> I, you know, this is a, such an interesting point, and it is really important. Mm. It's important because it normalises if your group like these things, if your if your family are using drugs, yes. it normalises yes, it. Totally. It makes this is what everyone's doing. Yeah. And even Kate Moss, when she was interviewed on Desert Island, you know, famous uh, model, yeah. said, you know, um, everyone was taking coke. I got a photo taken of me snorting it yeah. and then it was put in the papers yeah. and I thought it was really unfair because everybody else was yes. doing it but I was the person who was shamed yeah. so if everyone did, yeah. that said I have a friend whose son uh, was in a group who were expelled from their school yeah. for doing ketamine yeah and he wasn't and I said why weren't you expelled he said because yeah. I don't touch it and I said really so this yeah. is your these are your close friends and he said yep and I said well why not and he said because I did a research Good study on it yes and realized how damaging it yes. can be so I haven't touched it yes amazing so it's education it's education and actually um, my son's girlfriend said she thinks you know when they're educated and they both seem to know quite a lot about the bad effects I was really impressed it was great um but she said you know education we need to be taught more you know the bad consequences mm-hmm. you know the facts um and then people would I don't you know I remember scare campaigns when we were younger. Was it Just Say No for Zamo mm. Greenhill? Yes. I still have those images of these, you know, heroin addicts on billboards. But I think um, what's really interesting is one way we can model this for our teenagers 
is, for example, you get a pharmaceutical, mm. you open the pack, mm. there's a massive leaflet inside that pack, which will have all the tests that have been done on the pharmaceutical, what the side effects are, the known side effects yes. and the possible side effects. And just go through that with mm. your teenager and say, this is a known drug mm. and this is the range of side effects that can happen. And you're buying something, you potentially given something mm. from somebody at a party yeah. who <laughs> you don't know. Yes. Or if it's your friend, they'll go, oh, it's fine, mate. Well, who? Who who did they get yeah. that drug from? Yeah. And just start questioning. Yeah. And I thought what was really interesting was you said at this festival there was a ketamine tent i know what? yes i was told there was a ketamine tent uh, where with with prices outside mm. so ketamine is a horse tranquilizer. That. again i know a bit about ketamine just because there have been a number of kids expelled from schools for using ketamine um i don't really understand why people would go down that path and the reason i say that is because my 27 year old stepdaughter knows two people she said in their 20s who are incontinent mm. um, because they were using ketamine when they were younger yeah. and it's a side effect it's a known side effect of using ketamine mm. now ketamine is being experimented on by um, the pharmaceutical industry they, they're trying to see whether it can have an impact on people who are suffering from depression and they are right. but this is a one-off dose okay so the point being that you can say oh it has this great impact well let's let the the let's let them have a look at really yeah, yeah, what, absolutely uh, they're not talking about taking it regularly or and they've got no. controlled doses no. don't start being your own pharmacist i imagine it's easier to access or something something you know pragmatic that means yeah. that it's now yeah. being put in a tent yeah with prices I find, I find that just but i think they could have got whatever they wanted really i, I think and that's didn't, absolutely right. which is brilliant yeah. Um, and and talking about um, the comparison between now and being younger. Now, I have already said I'm n not a drug taker. So, you know, you could say, I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm. Um, what is actually known is that in the past decade, the European Monetary Center for Drugs and Drug Addiction found a 76% increase in people entering treatment for cannabis addiction. Mm, in gosh. the US, about three in 10 people who use marijuana have cannabis use disorder. And part of the problem is that the, the, the cannabis that people are smoking now is far more potent. Mm. So it's actually, and we've seen this creep in everything. Alcohol is yeah. far more alcoholic yeah. now. You know, the wine that people are drinking, I've seen the percentages going mm. up. So the thing to remember is, you know, when you see these people smoking weed back in the 60s, it's not the same stuff. No, it's that's just really, not. it's really important, yes. actually. Yeah. So this is something that we, we, we really need to get our heads around. Yeah. And the level of the worst area for psychosis in the whole of Europe is in South London, where they're smoking skunk. God, that's shocking. And yeah, and it's because it's so... And psychosis is when you lose contact yeah. with reality, delusions, hearing voices, mm. all this stuff. We live by a park and um, you can smell it in the summer um, mm. in our garden. <laughs> it stinks. And it's you can, you can smell it's really strong. It catches your throat and you just think, you know, smoking that every day, that is not going to be good for you. Well, nature have found that it has an impact on grey matter. And what they found was that the things that, are, that really, really impact whether it affects your brain are frequency, mm -hmm. strength, and the age at which you begin using the drug. Okay. So the reason that matters is because a teenager's brain, as we say every almost every <laughs> single episode, is being rewired very aggressively, yeah. really actively. And if you start playing with the pleasure receptors at that age and you're, you're giving them drugs and they can see that this is a, a, a path to lessening their anxiety or whatever, there's a very, very strong feedback loop that happens much more quickly in a mm. teenager than it might in an adult. Mm. So the longer you can delay any experimentation in this, if at all, the better. Yeah. And the other thing is, I've had lots of conversations with my kids about this. There's an impact upstream that, you know, these drugs are that if they're an illicit drug they're being traded somewhere there are kids who are being used to you know carry these drugs yes There's, this is not something where you can say oh it's fine yes. you know i'm just buying you yes. know it's guilt-free it's not guilt-free no my my 
two, uh, well, they're not both mine, but <laughs> I talked to <laughs> yesterday. Um, um, that was mentioned when, when one of them was being explained about drugs at school once, you know, that there's a whole industry that's awful and there are, you know, children being abused and women being abused. And, and that made quite an impact. Um, mm. that, that, that kind of information makes a huge impact on, on kids. Yeah. They know that. So talking about experimentation is a slippery slope. Parents have an idea about what it means. If they say, mm. oh, you know, I know you'll experiment. Mm. No, no, no. Don't, don't even give them the sense that you mm. think they're going to experiment. No. You need to be quite clear about it. You know, if you don't want your child taking drugs, you say, I don't expect mm. you to take drugs. Yeah. That said, we are in a difficult situation because what you want to do is you want to know that if your child does. Yes they should come back to you. Yes. So you can keep the leash short and yeah. say, I don't, you know, you can't, do not use yeah. these substances. But if you ever get into any tricky situation, call me and there'll be an amnesty. Yeah. And call I will, I'll you pick know, you up because, wherever you are, yes. whatever you're doing, whatever time it is, I will come and you don't have to For making the, the right decision. Yeah. And I will not, there'll be no punishment for making the right mm. decision. Yeah. And then what the kids see is they see that you care about their health and welfare yeah. more than your yeah. hardline. And or if you, a friend of theirs gets into trouble, yes. it can go really quickly and it can be really, really terrifying for, for anybody involved if they think someone's in trouble, that you are the person that, oh, I can call my mum, she'll come. Yeah. yeah, and there was last month, there was a, a, a story in the paper where this young 16-year-old girl overdosed on MDM in a park with friends. Oh, God. They delayed calling an ambulance for two hours because they didn't want to get yeah. into trouble. And she died. So this is this is why we need to we need to have the conversation. Say you know just no. Yeah. But there will be an amnesty because yes. we need to get you out of yes. horrible situations. Yeah. And the classic, you know, make a signal on your phone yes. if you do this specific emoji or two kisses, then I will call you and rant at you. Come on, come yes. home, come home, and then the kid has to you know they so that they have a, a way out. Got, You're offering them a way out. And. The, the question often comes up, should you tell them about your past use? Mm. <laughs> and when I read around this subject, they said the rule of thumb is to really think twice if your child is asking you a direct question about your own use, because it's almost guaranteed that any question they're asking you is really about them mm. and the choices they're yes. facing. You so you're better off avoiding all of that yeah. and not sitting there saying, oh, yeah, I used them. It was fine. Yeah. You need, to, you need to keep clear of that and just yeah. say, no, I know that the, everything's changed now. The potency is yeah. different. The, this is what the law says, or this is what the impact could be mm. on you. Educate them. Yeah, I because when the they're, answer. again, faced for that decision, would you like a pill or not? The back of their head, if they're thinking, oh, mum did loads, it was probably fine. Mm. Um, that will maybe be their choice. Um, yeah. It's tricky, though, because we don't, you know, we don't want to lie to our kids, but you can, you can skirt around it. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, one of the most challenging aspects of addiction, for example, drug use, mm -hmm. and is knowing it's a progressive disease. So it's the yeah. early warning signs. How do we know? So one of the and teen mood swings are quite normal. Mm. So the, I saw a list, I think this was with the Betty Ford Clinic, there's losing interest in activities they once enjoyed dropping old friends for a new group, acting despondent, aggressive, mm. or angry, sleeping more than usual, breaking rules, exhibiting physical changes like sudden weight loss, frequent nosebleeds, bloody or watery eyes, mm. shakes or tremors. I mean, you know, that last list, that yeah. last one is, yeah, that, that would be clear. But the rest yeah. of it, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Kids, yeah. And, and also, you know, adding into that trust because mm. it's so important to have the communication. Like, you know, if, if you are worried, then not asking, are you taking drugs? Are you taking drugs? Like, mm -hmm. or, you know, that would be really, really obvious, but trusting, okay, this, you've, I've given you the information. I trust you to make the right choices and, and, and not, you know, not badgering them in a way that they feel watched or harassed in a way that will make them shut down. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing you shouldn't do is just ignore problems. If they start drinking or smoking and experimenting and just say, oh, it's just a phase mm. because this is the difficulty. It's, it actually can get out of control very quickly. So the important thing is to have the open and honest discussions. And you can never intervene too soon. If, no. You know, if you see something happening, engage. Yeah, and engage. it doesn't have to be a big, heavy conversation. No. It could just be, you know, I noticed, da, 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 da. You, how are you doing? What's going on? Are you all right? 
I think that's so spot on because that's what I saw is, is actually rather than making it into a massive intervention, yeah. <laughs> have the casual conversation. Say, you know, is, are, you, are, you, are you feeling bad? Yeah. You know, how are you feeling about life? Yeah. And how, yeah how are you doing? Yes, absolutely. So the main factors that contribute to a heightened risk for addiction, family history of substance abuse. I mean, uh, kids with first degree relatives who are alcoholics have eight times the risk of developing alcoholism. Um, age of first use. And, and that then leads into cravings and tolerance, um, you know, high tolerance of the drug mm. quite quickly. And their surroundings. So, we, again, if there are people at home who are using drugs or alcohol or, or smoking, vaping, they it's easier for them to get hold of this stuff. Yeah. And if it's the really addictive stuff, I mean, all the whole, all the things, you know, I, we hear, I, I hear mainly from the States, you know, the opiates have awful trouble with that. I'm sure it's here as well. Um, it's so quickly addictive. But again, you're more likely to have a huge addiction if you've already got underlying things that you're trying to work out, Mm -hmm. you know, emotional things. I think that's that spot on. And so people with mental health problems are far more likely to abuse substances to try and get away from the... the, So so it's just... It's it's trying to just engage. Um, Interestingly, with my older girls and the, the girls I have now, our policy has been keep them poor. <laughs> so you know, I talked strategy. about it. I can't remember the episode, but I did talk about giving them an allowance, yeah. and that allowance was basically me adding up um, all the money I spend on their clothing—not school clothing, but other clothes, mm. treats, anything like that. And I basically packaged it and said, "Right, that's your money now. I don't want to have to." And it's great because mm. I don't have to. What well, I just say, if they say I need money for this, I say, "Well, dip into your own account." Yeah. And my kids love it because they say it's really awkward if you get bought clothes from a pe- by a parent and you don't really like them and they've spent a lot of yes. money and I get the chance to make choices. Um, so it's been very, very effective for both uh, the younger kids. But also it just meant that my older kids even said to me, you know, we just didn't have any money. Yeah. So the choice was, do I buy these lovely clothes or spend my money on drugs? Yeah. And the thing is, if, you know, how are they getting hot? How are they paying for the drugs otherwise? And I know that babysitting. People- my daughter started babysitting. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. She gets sure. paid way too much. Does she? Oh, so don't let them babysit. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that she gets given the drugs at the babysitting. Oh, Oh, no, thankfully not. Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> so um, I think also, you know, what's portrayed in, in films, online music, just check what, what are they accessing? What you're trying to do is look at the world, that the environment they're living in. And is this an environment which is very, you know, comfortable with drugs? And I think I think some of the urban landscapes can be more drug mm. friendly so i've had arguments with parents online mm. where and these are supposed to be friends of mine where they just laugh at me and say oh you're just too uptight about drugs yeah. they can come around my house i've got some great drugs for them if they want them and wow. i just i just say well no thanks i like my kind of parenting more thank you yeah, gosh um but there is that attitude with some parents yeah so just check the environment they're yeah. in what what are they accessing online yeah. what games are they playing yeah. you know is and this... they are everywhere so even yes. if you think you live in a small village in the middle of nowhere you're right, then you're right. They're, they're everywhere now if you discover your child is taking drugs don't panic always the first answer isn't it don't panic make sure that you engage you lean in be supportive of your child try to understand why they may be being bullied stressed about school um you know they'll talk more openly if they feel that they have a relationship with you where you're trying to support and help them rather than accuse them or shame them yes and do your homework so if you discover that there is access to drugs or they are using drugs the thing to do is go to this Frank website or any of the other websites, find out as much as you can about the drug. And then just say to the kid, you know, so, okay, so you're using it. Can you explain to me what the benefits are? What are you getting out of it? Okay. And do you know all the downsides? Do you know the strength of what you're using? Do you know who you're sourcing it from? Do you know what the Mm long-term impact is of it? Yeah. Because even if you, if you just ask the questions rather than telling them, and they can't answer you. You just say, well, perhaps 
you know, you should really be thinking this yeah. through because it could impact your health. Yeah, I think that's a great question. What, how does it, how, what's it giving you? Why are you doing it? Mm, what's, sure. what's, what's the payoff? Because we don't do anything without a payoff. What, no. What's your payoff from doing that? How does it make you feel? And, and can we maybe, maybe not, you know, access that in a different way, mm. doing some sort of other activity? Yeah. And we talked about vaping in, in one of our previous episodes. And it's really interesting because I saw that, I think it's the FDA tried to ban all jewel products. Jewel products are the 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 vapes that are quite strong. So mm. my daughter was going to buy one and she was told by the news agent that is not the way mm. to stop smoking because the amount of nicotine mm. in it is way higher than yeah. the cigarettes you were using. And a lot of vapes are. But there's now um, a, a building body of evidence that there's some real problems with vaping yeah. so you know once again i put some stuff on our instagram account you know with the, with the that i found on medscape yeah. which is um circulated amongst mm. medical uh, mm. professionals Brilliant. so you know if anybody wants a bit more backup on that we have the information Brilliant. i actually had a conversation with my one of my 14 year olds the other day about vape and um and he's you know he's appalled at how corrupt the vaping industry is oh. Yes. You know, at the age of 14, he's really aware that they are being completely scammed. Yes. And that it's, you know, he's like, like, mum, if a 40-year-old was giving up smoking, they're not going to want like a strawberry fizz flavour. It's for us, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And they see it. They yes. see it. And, and that's stupid. the most powerful. We've had feedback from people saying that when they have talked to their kids, their teenagers about vaping, having listened to our episode, the thing that really hit home was that they're being manipulated. Yeah, he hated it. He was kind mm. of like, they're, they're trying to get us, mum. Mm. I don't like it. Yeah, what self-respecting 30-year-olds going to say, well, I'm going to get you. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't <laughs> really add up, for me. does it? <laughs> So, yeah. So what sort of experience have you had with drugs? Are you a former or current drug user who feels relaxed and confident about your teens using? Or are you completely opposed to any forms of substance use for modification of mood? We'd genuinely love to hear your different opinions on the matter. Yes, absolutely. Really, absolutely. I'm, I'm, you know, this is a massive sprawling topic and I struggled, really found it hard yeah. trying to pin down. Yes. Um, There's so many different perspectives yeah. based on so much, you know, history background. It's, we'd love to hear. Yeah, and so many different drugs as well. Yes. So. If you found our podcast useful, do us a favour. Click subscribe or even review us and tell your friends. Our website now has everything in one place. So do feel free to rummage around there and message us with any of your questions or tips or topics to cover. You can also reach us via our Facebook group or Instagram. We read everything. Now, Susie, back to your holiday. <laughs> Ooh, it was you great <laughs> without your kids yes and your kids went to visit their dad they did yes now without divulging anything too personal have you <laughs> ever had to tackle what is a very common problem which is when the teen decides that they actually they don't want to go and see the other parent yep uh definitely yeah i think my situation has been complicated i'm sure that it's complicated for everybody um but i mean their dad lives abroad um and um one of them got it into his head help he was helped to have it in his head um which country he should live in um, at a very young age so that was very difficult um a very difficult time and that came up a few times um maybe slightly different from living down the road and i don't want to go and visit that has also been the case not the living down the road bit but not wanting to visit and that is very difficult because basically I think if you're trying to co-parent and you're looking at the long-term picture then really as a parent you want your kids to have a good relationship with both parents absolutely that is the best thing for their health now and well depending on what the issue is the why they don't want to go now but for their long term if you're looking at the bigger picture it's better for the for the kids if they can have a good relationship with both parents. And I think often we, because divorce is messy, difficult often, even if when we try and make it not, um, there is often a sense of sort of, you know, if we're really honest, a little bit of satisfaction that, <laughs> oh, they like me more. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> we're a parent. <laughs> we're human beings, you know, and yeah. there's usually some sort of problem as to why you're not married anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but if we can rise above that and, you know, ask our higher selves, <laughs> what's the best approach here, then that's probably a better way um, of uh, trying to encourage them to, to keep keep um keep good relations with the other parent and again it's all about communication i would say you know communication what's the problem why don't you want to what's the issue mm. and hopefully they can they can help with that and also the idea that it's probably temporary 
So, um, you know, kids have different developmental phases. So sometimes a boy needs to be with their dad more. Sometimes a girl needs to be with their dad more. You know, there are different developmental phases. Right, so that's a really interesting point. So you might actually, because one of the things you get with teenagers is they decide, I've heard and I've read that they can think, I want to be with a parent mm. who has fewer rules. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of those yeah. key cornerstones. Mm. And it must feel very tricky to navigate something like that. Yes, yes. Uh, I want to be where it's more fun. But I also think there's an element of, of usefulness in that. I don't think it's just fun because teenagers aren't stupid. They also, as you know, you've mentioned lots of times, they, they like boundaries. They mm. don't like just being left to do nothing. Well, sometimes they do. But I think it's more linked to this feeling of freedom. So when they get to a certain age, they just kind of want to be left alone. Mm. And they want, to, they want to be trusted to be left alone. Um, and if you know if you're if one of the parents is constantly you know in their face badgering them they might not like that they might want to and then because if you have two different homes it's different they then have an um if you live in the same home you know you can have those kind of conflicts but there isn't an alternative home so they have to suck it up and stay there (laughs) or make a big break and go somewhere completely different but that's a whole different story whereas if there are two homes there is also almost like an another option in their minds I Mm. can go to this other option and if there's a parent who's you know parenting in a way that doesn't suit that particular kid then they immediately go well I'll go and look at the other one yes Um, and they perhaps can't see the other complications involved in living in the other place because you know, if one of them is a, a place where they don't spend as much time, then they don't see no. the reality of a day-to-day. Because we're always on our best behaviour, no. whether it's a weekend, for yes, example. Or... absolutely. Mm. And then the question is, you know, do we let them go and experience mm. that themselves and see what that's like and then always have the door open so you can come back whenever? Do we let them go and say it's just a phase? Or can we do that because it's actually really painful? I was going to say that sounds very, really, really, painful really painful because you must be struggling with the sense of being rejected yeah. and fearful that you're going to lose them forever. Yeah. And I I've don't had, know how I deal with that. Yeah, I've had I've had it the other way um, where I have sort of massively encouraged to go. Um, and then also the other way where there's been the question of where do I want to live it's been slightly different that's I won't go into that now that's been a bit different but it's it's kind of that word that I really like as well the nudging you mm-hmm. nudging and trying to sort of be a safe space for all the stuff that might come up um and then taking care of yourself because if you're the one who the kid is not wanting to live with that really hurts mm-hmm. so finding a space to talk to somebody else about that and not, you know, clinging on to the kid and in a way that is not helpful for them because it's not easy for them either. Well, perhaps, I mean, I looked at the Relate website, which has a really nice list of questions for the parent who, either the parent who's got the child where the child wants to stay with them or the parent who has found that the child doesn't want to, Mm -hmm. the teenager doesn't want to go and live with them. And they were saying, you know, it's good to have a casual conversation about well, what was the last visit like? Mm-hmm. What did you like most about mm-hmm. it? Was there anything that didn't work for you? And what could the teen suggest to yes. make it feel better? Yeah, absolutely. Have a conversation with your with your kid, and they're they're often I don't know they 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 can be quite black and white. So sometimes sometimes the reason can be seem really crazy simple. Mm. Like if if for example if it's if it's your kid who's saying I want to go and live with the other parent, ouch, ouch, painful. <laughs> sit down say you know what do you like about being with the other parent what what Mm. what is nice about it and then what don't you like about being here and try and be as open as possible so they can hold gulp (laughs) yeah what what don't you like what am I doing what am I doing that is making you uncomfortable here what what am I doing that you are resenting resisting what are my habits that are pissing you off (laughs) Mm, mm. and and be willing to hear yes and then say okay Okay, well, some of the things will be, oh, I can change that. That's easy. I can change that. And it might kind of ease off quite quickly. Yes, yes. I mean, they could be unhappy with the rules they're having to follow at home or that they, it could be that, you know, the parent they don't want to stay with, they're finding their friends, their school, their social activities just aren't there. And they they feel that they're disconnected from 
the stuff that really yeah. matters to them. And sometimes it's things like, and this wouldn't be the only reason because they are, you know, they're teenagers, but, you know, dad has better snacks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> could be I wouldn't be I mean I'm me being a bit flippant here but sometimes they can get like a catalogue in their heads you know yes it's about getting in there and understanding what's really good because I think we 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 always jump to a conclusion about the way that we feel that they're seeing things yeah is really important my daughter aged seven said she wanted to go to boarding school Mm, wow (laughs) I said to her, what am I doing wrong? Why, why do you want to leave me? And she said, no, 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 this just looks really fun. You know, yeah, and she'd yeah. been reading books like Mallory Tower. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's rather than feeling yes. that emotional gut response yes, where you feel yes. punched. Where we take actually, it massively personally. Yes, yes. And it, there is an element of it being personal. Of course there is, but mm. it's absolutely not just that. But I think also coming back to the discussion we had about the, the, the teenager who seemed to favour another parent, it's a little bit similar, but actually the pet it's hard if you've separated or you're divorced like you said because there's probably a reason yeah um and but actually being able to big up what the other person is doing for your teenager because the truth is sometimes the other person is a disciplinarian or sometimes they you know they 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 fly off the handle really quickly and you can you can say i empathize with that that must be really hard but here are the benefits yes to spending time with them and actually be spending time with someone who does that mm. you know obviously you don't want them to be in a toxic environment no 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 you just say spending time with someone who does that is going to teach you coping skills yeah. with because though you will always meet people yeah. like that your whole life yeah. and the truth is they do love you they're just yes yeah and managing. That's, that's a really important point you know if there's any snifter of, of abuse or anything you know mm. anything awful then they, of course that's a completely different um, story yes. but I always kind of use the if they come to me with something that they don't like you know I just say well I'm sure I'm sure there's a good reason for that I'm, I'm not sure what that is but I'm sure there's a good reason for it and just remember you know you're very loved mm. and also consider whether any of the things you're saying might be leading them to feel that way yes so or just your vibe vibe <laughs> or that you just look a bit sad and depressed yes. and then they don't want to leave you because they feel and they don't want to tell you but they feel sorry for that's you that's a really good important point as well like you know when my kids I have my kids most of the time because their dad lives abroad and then um pre-covid they would go for half the summer holidays and they've just done that again now um for the you know for going for that longer chunk um this year and I've always said tell them what I'm doing when mm. they're away you know mm. I'm going to do this I'm I'm going to miss you because it's nice to know you're going to be missed but I'm I'm going to miss you and I can't wait till you come home and I'm doing this this and this and this so I'm going to be really busy and I'm really excited about what I'm going to do so they get both so right. they're not thinking yes. I'm sitting at home crying and well, <laughs> my life only it only exists when they're in it because that makes them feel rubbish mm. um and I'm doing fun stuff um as well but and I want them to come home and I miss them you know it's, it can be both mm. Absolutely. I think it's also really important and difficult to do in this situation that for many of us as mothers, and I'm sure fathers have this too, but I think mothers, we talked about it in the mum guilt thing, it's different. Um, our identity is very much wrapped up in in being a mother. Um, yes. And I'm not belittling fathers in that way, but it's maybe slightly different. So if our child says they don't want to live with us, then it's really difficult mm. um so who am i if my child is not wanting to live with me what's how where, bad a person where does I? that leave me because you yes. know we know that they, they're going to be leaving home relatively soon maybe going to college or whatever they choose to do but that's a natural organic progression whereas if they say you know 16 17 i don't want to live with you anymore and my identity is a mum, then well where does that leave me? And that's incredibly painful. Mm. Um, and maybe we need to sit with that or get help to sit with that and, mm. and process that because it's, it's probably just a phase, um, yeah. or talk, you know, but, but don't go, that will, that will, that will cause a, a painful reaction mm. and we need to allow that to subside before we can tackle the actual issue. And I think actually on the flip side for men, the problem with our society and the way it's set up is, like you said, for a mother, she feels that this is very much her identity mm. and there are all sorts of is, sort of ideas about what that role should be. Mm. For the men, if they are finding it, they're struggling to access their, their teenagers or their children, mm. 
uh, they've got quite an uphill struggle because Mm. there's this assumption that, you know, the mother's the person that they should be with. And sometimes that's not right. No. And, or that the the teenager doesn't really want, you know, if you've got, for example, a mother who's suffering with substance abuse and it's become a very difficult situation. um, That said, the teenager will probably still want to see their mother. You know, I know an example of Mm. this where even though they're aware that it's not a good situation, mm. they still love their mum. Yes. They still want to be with them. Yes, even but when maybe they, not all the time. Yeah, even when they push one of the parents away because maybe you know their chemistry isn't great mm. together. You know, we have different personalities. We have different stuff. You know, we get on better with different people. Um, we still, we still, as children, love our parents. Mm. You know, whatever they do and however they are we want we don't want it to be difficult teenagers don't want it to be difficult they want it to work but when it doesn't work then they find another way out and i think that's really and actually what's happened in our setup is that my husband didn't get to see his daughters an awful lot when they were younger Mm. but we do see them now we have a really fantastic relationship with them and they come home, they'll pop around, they'll drop their stuff off or they'll come in and, you know, um, my older daughter has a new boyfriend, mm. you know, she called us and brought him round. Oh, so and lovely. We love him. And yeah. so actually it, it can all change. Yeah. Don't think that it's set yes. in stone. It's, if it's never all too going late. wrong right now. They need, they still yes. need that parent and they still will have a yearning yes. for that parent. Yeah, forever. It's never too late. Unless you make them feel terrible about themselves. Yeah, yes. So the critical thing is just trying to build a connection, trying to understand mm. them. And then at some point they'll want you. Yeah, they'll come mm. back mm. In, in whatever way works for, for your setup. Well, we're going to stay on this sort of topic in our next episode because Louise has asked us to talk about one of the things that can put a huge strain on anyone's relationship, and that's coping with a different parenting style from your partner. Mm. And the children then probably don't know where the boundaries are as a result. And this is actually for teenagers in, in particular, it can become really fraught. Yeah. So we will have a conversation about that and do some research into that. Also, how do you talk to your teens about their future when they're worrying about their exams and choices? My daughter's just got one of her exams today, her results, and but they don't know what they want to do, Mm -hmm. which has been a refrain that my teenagers often bring up. You know, they want they want something they're aiming for. Yeah. Because otherwise, why are they doing these exams? Yes, yes, to make it meaningful. And then they feel like they're going to enter the enter the adult world and have no... They, they think that you have to have a career path. So we'll talk about that. Um, and that was Gail who suggested that. Now, that's it for now. Uh, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And uh, if you want to get in touch with Susie, you can do so via her own website, which is Susie Asley Mindfulness co.uk lots of uh, tips and ideas about mindfulness from her and until next time goodbye goodbye for now